0: You're listening to the CPR of Life Podcast, a show about creating community through connection, awakening potential, and uncovering the resilience of the human spirit through an understanding of state of mind. It's about living a life well-lived and uncovering what often gets in the way. Welcome to episode number 21. Today we are talking about conflict. We all come across it at some point in our lives. Whether personally or professionally, it can ruin us or, if we give it the chance, it can have a profound ripple effect of transformation. I am passionate about the latter of the two, as is my guest, Sebastian Eck. Sebastian is an amazing human being who has a curiosity and passion for resolving conflict and a heart for peace and harmony. So welcome Sebastian, Uh, it's truly a pleasure to have you on the show today with me. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah okay so I'm 28 so still pretty young and I studied English and geography and I'm from Germany and for the I would say the last eight years no 10 years um, I I'm in the personal development field. So I was not very satisfied as a teenager. And then I started my growth um, to ask myself, like, how can I uh, become better and also, yeah, have a better performance.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, yeah, this has been like the, the last 10 years. And for the for the last six, seven years, I'm really passionate about the topic peace and how we can, yeah, be together in harmony. And, um, yeah, that's how we came across because um, you you saw that I am um, personal conflict transformational coach yeah. on my Facebook. Um, so yeah, that's how we we connected.
0: Sebastian, what does personal develop like? How did you kind of what inspired the personal development for you in the beginning of your journey?
1: Um, I was pretty insecure as a as a teenager, um, always looking up to other people. I compared myself to almost everyone, Um, to my brother. I've got a twin brother, and he was always a bit stronger, a bit more social, a bit cooler. Um, And I felt not enough. And so the personal development was, yeah, about becoming enough and, um, yeah, having self-worth or self-esteem. And, like, yeah, in the end, I realized it was more of a chasing, chasing after being good enough for, Mm. for a long time.
0: Did you find it when you were on this journey?
1: Yes, I would say, but in a, in a different space than I ex- uh, ex- um, expected. So uh, for, I think, from 18 to 22, I I thought that once I would meet a beautiful girl and would uh, have an intimate relationship with her, that I would be happy forever. <laughs> then I uh, checked, double-checked uh, the goal and... Um, met a beautiful girl in Brazil when I spent there six weeks um doing a social internship. But turned out that um achieving a goal was not really giving me the self-esteem or the, the self-worth or being happy forever. Mm-hmm. Um and so another journey um started and um in the end I, I came across a book called uh, Clarity by um by Jamie Smart, British um author. And in it, I read something that now seems very clear and obvious mm-hmm. when I'm with people and when I'm looking around in society. Um, it's the, the notion that I had the self-esteem already inside of me, that it was, it was not something I could, could achieve or get, um, but just realize for myself. It lo- it's like, like the sun that is always shining, but sometimes it's clouded. And we cannot see the sun, but the sun is always there. And um, once I realized that peace and love and also self-esteem is is my nature, I saw it for, for other people. And um, yeah, it was interesting how it got me closer to myself or also to other people.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful how it has a way of doing that. What made you interested in um, like peace and conflict? That sounds kind of funny, peace and conflict. <laughs> but what
1: mm-hmm. made you interested in that? I mean, I, I looked at the world and I saw that there's quite some wars going on and um, conflicts happening. But also in my um, my environment, like with friends and with, um, with family, I saw that, yeah, there's a lot of conflict. And I, I got interested because during that time 10 years ago, I couldn't really stand when people were in conflict. So I was avoiding these topics. Um, and it, I got interested because I felt, okay, I couldn't also learn a lot about how to deal with, with conflicts, how to deal with, with people when we have different opinions, when we, when we disagree, and, um, yeah, also when, uh, when violence mm-hmm. is, um, is part of, of, a, of a conflict.
0: What um, – so you did some work at – what was it? A peace institute?
1: Yeah, it was was a peace institute for peace theory and peace practice.
0: Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it's an um, institute called uh, the Galtung Institute, and it's based in, in southwest Germany. And uh, the man who, um, the, the name of the man uh, of the institute, uh, Johann Galtung, he was the founder of the peace studies as we know it. And what I loved about the institute is that there are some values behind it, so it's um nonviolence it's empathy creativity and these are values that i can totally live with and i was interested into in understanding how we can yeah mediate conflicts or be of service when people are in conflicts and um to kind of learn the the tools and methods that are that are out there or that can be helpful when when we come across conflicts and um, want to be of service
0: um, yeah. What what sort of things did you learn? Like, was there
1: some?
0: Um, I think we talked the other day, and you said there was uh, a question that was kind of at the heart of all of this, the approach that was that was being taught there.
1: It's it's a lot about asking about asking questions, and it's one question that is very valuable: is um, how does the ideal world or the ideal relationship look like to you? And this often um, opens up a space for the person in conflict to um, to look for a good thing or something that is, um, that is um, attractive to the person. Because when we are in conflict, oftentimes, like most of the listeners can uh, relate to, we are looking at what the other person did wrong or um, what the other person um, has done that made us feel something. And uh, it's a kind of distorted view of, the other person or the relationship and when we open up the space for the other person to explore the a positive future um yeah the view of the person towards the relationship gets a bit um more i would say broader and also by asking questions we can um we can just listen to the person and sometimes or oftentimes it's like listening is the the most important part because um, we can tell people what to do or um, how life works for ages for a uh, hundred years and they probably don't get it but when we when we listen, it's oftentimes that people see for them, for themselves what is good for them or how they can um, have better relationships because I see that deep down everybody wants to have good relationships and be in harmony.
0: It's true. It's peace inside a peaceful feeling. I think everybody is searching for within. So have you kind of used these questions and have you kind of seen the benefits of, of asking that question? Like, what do you want this relationship to look like? Or how do you see this or the ideal relationship?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's one, one story. Um, for, um, two months, I'm now working in a, in a school with um, kids of the age of eight or nine. And I tried out some of these uh, techniques and tools. Um, and a few weeks ago, there was a, a conflict between two two boys, uh, Jacob and Michael. And they were of different classes, but it was the same group. So every afternoon, we were together, and they um, yeah said nasty things about them, about the other person, and it also got a bit violent. Where um, Michael was um, yeah. Grabbing uh, Jacob by by the neck and uh, it was hurting Jacob. And um, since I'm always there, I realized maybe I can I can try out some things of the conflict work that I um that I learned. And so um, I took the um, took Michael and Jacob like um, separately. I, I wanted to talk with them on uh, on on their own because um, I see that when we talk on our own. Um, it gives people more space to to relax and to also open up a bit more mm-hmm. than when every conflict party is, is involved. So first of all, it's really making the, the conflict parties ready to, in the end, talk it out um, together. So um, I went over to, to Michael, who was the um, last aggressor, to, so, to, so to say, <laughs> who um, did uh, physical violence, and I asked him, um, Michael, I saw that you were um, hurting uh, Jacob. Um, so, what's it about? And I was really neutral, not um, uh, moralizing him or judging him, just to have a really yeah open conversation. And Michael said, "You know, I hurt him, but he always provokes me, and when he provokes me, I um, I have to do something about it." And he he says that I'm stupid or that I'm. Uh, whatever, and I feel that I have to do something about it. But what really annoys me is that I always get the punishment and he never, but he also with the provoking, he, he does something. Um, and so I said, okay, um, now what, what is the ideal relationship that you could see yourself in with, with, uh, with Jacob? And, um, he thought a bit and then he said, yeah, yeah, just if he, if Jacob would, would stop, Um, provoking me, then it would be good. And we could have no, no fights. And so I said, okay, that's something that's fine. That's really good. I can, I can live with that. It's a good, good um, outlook. And um, so that was a positive future. And then I wanted to go a bit into the past to say, and also um, asked him, is there something that uh, you like about Jacob? So Mm -hmm. to, give a bit more broader view of Jacob, not Jacob the the bad person, but also open it up. And he said, no, there's nothing. (laughs) There's nothing.
0: (laughs) He's a horrid
1: person. (laughs) (laughs) Which was funny. I mean, I had to smile, of course. Um, And then I asked him, um, so if Jacob would um, fall down and if he would be hurt, would you call uh, the ambulance? And he said, no, wouldn't. <laughs> poor Jacob. So I turned, so I, poor Jacob. So I turned around the question and I said, you know, Michael, if, um, if you were uh, falling down and were hurt, would you want Jacob to call the ambulance? And he said, yes, of course. And he should give me 200 euros. <laughs> and yeah, I had to laugh because that was just humor. I mean, Ma- Michael, yes, I'm humor. So, it was still more of a lighthearted conversation. And um, I felt at that point that it's um, good for now. And so I asked Michael, is there something I can do for you now? And I uh, imagined that to speak to Jacob. And he said, yeah, um, Sebastian, please uh, speak with Jacob that he also um, gets talked to. And so um, after the, the lunch break, I um, then went to Jacob and told him, you know, we, we will have a conversation. So I also... Um, separated myself from him with him and um, went to a, a quiet place. And uh, Michael he uh, noticed that I am now talking to to Jacob, which he already um, appreciated. And so I sat down with Jacob and I um, empathized with with his um, uh, situation that he was um, like. Uh, hurt by uh, Michael when, when Michael grabbed um, him by the neck. And I said, you know, I realized, oh, I feel that this hurt that when Michael, um, uh, violated you. And, um, he said, yeah, it was really hurting. And, um, um, then I said to him, you know, Michael said that you were provoking him and that you were um, saying nasty things. And that's why he was um, reacting like this and hurt you. And, um, Checo said, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, I provoke him often and I say some uh, some bad things about him, but um, it's only because he's always following me and I don't want to be followed and I just want some some distance from time to time and uh, that's why I provoke him. <clears throat> so I looked at Jake and I said, I feel that you've got this um, this uh, emotion of the feeling of... Um, of being overwhelmed of not knowing what to do with the situation when Michael is uh, following you. So that's kind of like your protection that you feel like, Oh, I will just push him away with provoking him. And he said, Oh yeah, that, that could be, it could be something like this. Like I, I don't know really what to do. And so, yeah, I, I do every time like I provoke him. Okay. And so I also asked, um, Jacob, what is the ideal? relationship that you could see with with you and um michael and he said yeah i mean if if michael would stop to to follow me that would be that would be good then we can yeah have no fights and it would be would be fine okay um so we also had the beautiful or the good outlook into into the future and then i asked um jacob um so is there something else i can do for you and um, he said, no, no, I think right now it's fine. And it was, yeah, it was a five-minute conversation, but he also came down, calmed down. And um, Michael then uh, was, was close by, and I asked, so um, Jacob, so what do we want to do? And he said, you know, um, it's, it's, all, it's all right. I feel like, um, I feel like saying sorry to, to Michael now, which came from him. And I was a bit surprised. So he walked over to Michael and uh, said, you know, Michael, um, I'm sorry. I want to apologize, and um, then off he was, Jacob, and that was interesting. Interesting, and Michael said, "No, you told Jacob to, to say sorry. I know it. You said you said you told him to do so." And I was like, "No, Michael, it was only totally, uh, coming from from Jacob. It was his own idea to say sorry to you." And in that very moment, I could see that something was shifting for for Michael that he realized, oh, maybe maybe Jacob is not a bad person, not only the bad person, that he also has a a positive side. And um, yeah, then we walked off. And a week afterwards, um, I heard Jacob commenting on Michael, and um, he said, you know, Michael, he's a bit different in the last week. I think I like him more. He's a bit better.
0: Yeah. It's funny in that, that kind of when we change the way that we look at things, the things we look at change and, and it, there's a perfect example of it, you know, the story that both Michael and Jacob had about each other before you talk to them and then after. Mm. It's, it's amazing. And, and and what a cool thing to see kind of play out just from a conversation.
1: Yeah. And I'm... I... I think it was just five minutes each, really li- uh, listening to to what um, what was going on, and I was just exploring. I didn't have any um, agenda to teach something or to to share something um, about how our mind works and about um, <clears throat> how we create our experience from uh, the inside out. Um, it was just listening to to the. To the two uh, children, and um, <clears throat> I felt close in that very moment because it was yeah seeing uh, where where we are right now, where they how they see um, life, how they see the other person, and also themselves.
0: Do you think that there's something? I see it with a lot of children that I work with that there's such a value in kind of meeting them where they're at and trying to understand just kind of how they see the world in that moment, not just kids, adults too, actually, now that I say that. Um, (laughs) There's just power in that. It's just kind of like, huh, you know, like tell me more, like, you know, and, and I think your questions were, were great questions for them, but I think that there's a, there's, there's a magic ingredient in there that isn't used often enough and that's listening like just really showing up and listening to them
1: i mean what they what they often get in in school and i suppose also in uh in their families that they did something wrong and somebody else is uh, judging them for it and the whole conversation is is already um on the on the back foot you Kind of lost right from the start because there's judgment involved and, um, the, the person or the child wants to protect whatever, um, whatever it is. And, um, by just being open and curious, exploring together and listening, it gives the, the child the chance to, to see for themselves what they can do better or what, what they want to do in the, in the situation. Like with Jacob, when he realized, oh, yeah, I just I feel like saying sorry. I I think I understand Michael now a bit better, and I feel like there I I can say sorry, and in this way the the relationship changes. They have the the wisdom inside of them. It's yeah. um when when I come into a place and I feel like I'm the expert and I have to teach someone, most often there's not really uh, a connection. Mm, but, um, yeah, meeting the the children and also every every human being uh, where they are um that's yeah that's powerful and we just share share a being
0: yeah it's it's kind of showing up what i find i don't know if you find this but if i have an agenda kind of i might have like in a general okay if i if i'm brought into somewhere to work on a specific issue that'll that'll kind of be woven into the conversation but the most success that I have in conversations and in coaching is when you kind of let whatever unfolds in the moment unfold. Like if you had gone to talk to both of them with an intention of, okay, this is the outcome that I want to see versus, huh, let's see what can happen here. It's more of like a curiosity versus kind of know what the word I'm looking for but just being curious to see what kind of I'm letting whatever it is unfold. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel that's exactly what, what happened and also what happens when, um, yeah, when it's an exploration and not, um, I know the way and I will teach you something. So, um, but I think it's a, it's for everyone who's involved working with people. it's, it's an exploration in itself that sometimes we come in with an agenda and we may realize that's often getting in the way of connecting with the, with the people. Because when I'm having an agenda, I'm mostly not really caring where the person is right now. And most often the, there's not, not the, the deepest connection. And if I don't really care about the other person, why should the other person care about listening to me when yeah. I'm just like the guy with the answers, like the, who just wants to load off all, uh, here he or she knows about, uh, life, whatever. Um, but yeah, just meeting people where they are. I think that's caring for, for the other person, but also for ourselves because, um, we are also then uh, connected to where we are at the moment. If I'm nervous, I can tell, you know, I'm really nervous now. I feel that I don't know the answer to resolve this conflict, but, um, I'm open to, uh, to talk with you about it and to see what, what makes sense. And also I trust in, in your wisdom. Mm. And I think that's, that's true all the time. And when I'm more connected to, to this feeling, um, yeah, it's looking, in the same direction with the person
0: yeah have you ever worked in a situation like have you ever been in a situation with someone when there's been conflict where one person is just not open to kind of resolving it it's just it's kind of short <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I don't know if I should share it, but I will just share it because it's from <laughs> family. But I will just, why not? I mean, it's in English and my family's German, so <laughs> probably will hear about it. Um, yeah, it was a, a situation with my um, step-grandmother. Um, my grandmother passed away in 2003 and then my um, grandfather, he um, uh, got married again. And this woman was at first, I would say, he, she was kind of nice. Um, to get into the family, but then it turned out that she was totally after the the money of my grandfather, and she was trying to separate the whole family. And um, my grandfather couldn't go to the uh, family reunions, and I didn't see him that often. And I felt resentment towards her that she was breaking the, the family apart. Um, and I often talked about it with my mother, so that um, I kind of knew that we are already connected. There's no separation really taking place just when we think ourselves um, into the separation and that um, I felt that if my mother can see our true nature and realize where our experience is coming from, that she could also live on and not be so um, sad about the whole story and also um, angry about what my step-grandmother um, was doing. And so I often talk with her, but to no avail. And at one moment I got um, really angry because I felt I see it for myself, or I think I see it for myself, but like why can't everybody else see that it's not coming from the the other person, the feeling that we're, we're now feeling. And, And so I asked my mother a question, which is similar to what is, um, what, um, what is good about the other person? It's, um, what are you thankful about this, uh, this lady. Um, And she looked at me and she said, no, nothing. And I said, really, is there not anything? And she was, um, yeah. Um, Okay. That's one thing. I mean, she's, she's taking care of my, my father, my grand, my grandfather. um, And um, for the last few years, and that's something that is really, really nice because he can't live on his own and she's cooking for him. So that's really good. So um, it takes some, pressure of the of the family to do not take care of everything connected to my grandfather okay that was something and so i asked <laughs> oh, her yes. mom could you tell her could you tell your stepmother that one thing that you're grateful that she's taking care of of your father and she was like no no i would never do it would never do it and th- that was the point where i decided okay i cannot make anybody else do the thing that I want them to do, but I can do whatever is right for myself. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have any resentments at that moment with, um, with my STEM step-grandmother. And so I decided to, to write a letter to her. And it went, went something along the lines of, um, dear, uh, XY, um, there's one person in the family that is not against you, that wants the best for you. And I'm thankful that you take care of uh, the grandfather, and um, that he has somebody um, that is looking after him and cooks for him and, and stuff. Um, and I hope that you will find your own peace at one time and have a, a good time, good time um, like that is still um, available to you. And um, yeah, wish you all the best um, with love, anonymous. <laughs> and <laughs> anonymous. I, just, I <laughs> anonymous yeah. And I um. And I sent uh, the letter to uh, my step-grandmother um, without my mom knowing about it because <laughs> I, I knew that she would be totally against it. And so I um, sent a letter, nothing happened. And then um, a few weeks afterwards, I told my mom that I had sent the, the letter. And she was like, no, you didn't do it. You, no, Sebastian, please, why? And so I um, read, so I read um, the letter out loud to her to show her what I had sent. And she was, re- she was fine with it. She said, oh, yeah, that's, that's okay. That's okay. And at one point, she got curious how her stepmother would react or if she would react at all. Right. Um, and for me, it was fine. At that moment, I was at, at peace. It was like, okay, I'm neutral now to, mm-hmm. towards this person. Um, and a few months afterwards, I, I visited my grandfather be- because I realized, like, if I really want to see him, I can just go visit him. And that that's my responsibility. I can do something about it. So I visited him. He was not very fine. Um, but I um, got introduced by my step-grandmother, which was kind of uncommon. I asked her, uh, can I see my grandfather? And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, but he's not doing well today. So I went in and um, I talked with him. And I also talked a bit with her and asked her how she's doing because she was... Um, she was ill before she had a, um, a surgery injury and we kind of connected which was strange like it, but it was very interesting and um we talked and then after a few minutes um um i had to i had to leave and she was asking me like S- uh, sebastian um can i ask you a favor and I didn't know what the favor would be, but I said, yeah, sure, why not? And so, um, because she couldn't really walk, I, uh, she asked me to uh, bring out the, the trash. And I said, yeah, that's totally fine. I can do that for you. That's no, no big deal. And uh, in the end, I uh, gave her a hug.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: and I think she was very surprised. <laughs> and, um, and after my, um, my grandfather passed away um, last year, I, I visited her as well to say my condolences. Mm -hmm. Um, and I asked if if I could come in and she said, no, no, that's not good right now. I feel, no, no, that's not a good idea. And so I talked a bit, asked her how she's doing and in the end she said, you know, I would like to let you in, but no, I cannot really, but um, I think you're a really nice person. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and that's it. That's um, how... I had a conflict where I really couldn't do anything directly yeah. or felt that uh, she's prob- this person is probably not open to speak about anything, but I could just do what, um, take little steps. And for me it was fine. And now, yeah, everything's neutral.
0: Well, And, and something that you said just spoke to me there when you said <clears throat> that you felt like there was a connection when, when you visited your grandfather and you spoke to her, and I think that when we show up with no agenda, like you, you had nothing kind of riding on whatever the outcome was, that yeah. there is a space for connection. And it doesn't have to be this all lovey-dovey hugs and kisses. If you, <laughs> or it can be. <laughs> but, but connection is, you know, is, is a thread. You know, it's a start. Family conflict, Oof. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast series on that one. What, for you, when you were, there was a couple things, personal conflict, what What does that mean for you?
1: Personal conflict, Oh, good question. Two things, it could be a conflict um, with, with myself, to say, with my, mm. let's call it ego. Yeah. Um, like who i am who should should i be what should i achieve um, am i good enough it's um, like questioning myself or mm-hmm. um, what i've done um, <clears throat> which happens from time to time still um and then there's the the conflict, the personal conflicts that i have with the people around me i see that the more i am in peace with myself the more I can be of benefit to other people and I help people calm down, but also the better um, my relationships tend to be. That um, what I see for myself, like when I come back to to feeling peaceful, um, I, I see it also for other people. Like when I read this um, clarity book by Jamie Smart, I was sitting on a bench, I was reading the the last pages, and sun was shining, and people were walking by. And for the first time in, in years, I felt peaceful. Really at peace. I smiled, and everybody who walked by smiled back at me. And mm-hmm. I felt connected to myself and to other people. And there was, we were one. It was it was surreal in a way. This experience, um, and in that moment, I also felt compassion to to other people when, when they are suffering, when they don't know um, what to do. And sometimes when they behave, not in the, in the, in the best way that, um, yeah. Oh, this person is lost. So it's always this, um, how do you say, I don't know the English expression. Mm-hmm. Like when, when somebody's lost, I said like, okay, it's, um, probably because the person is lost and, um, I, w- I don't want to, to judge the person, but, um, yeah. just be present. And, um,
0: there's this quote that's, I don't even know if it's a quote or something that I've heard that just says hurt people, hurt people, you know? And I think I kind of interpret that as, you know, when you're hurting inside, you do tend to lash out at others more. And for the most part, I can keep that, you know, in in my mind when I see people reacting to things, there's the time because I'm human that I forget. And I'm like, you know, Um, but I think it's like what you said about sitting on the park bench and smiling at people. It, it, there's a beautiful energy to that. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's connecting human to human. And it's not from a space of judgment or criticism. It's just a a beautiful space of peace. That's, that's a nice thing. All from a park bench. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and also knowing that I get lost every day that I, am um, buy into my thinking, what, what is going on that whew, today <laughs> in school, the same thing. I was uh, kind of lost at times, didn't feel good or felt overwhelmed. Um, but that's also fine. I mean, we're all human and, um, it's up and down it's um sometimes we we're feeling peaceful and sometimes we the world seems <laughs> we feel separated from ourselves and other people but it just seems like it and to know or to have a glimpse of that that we never separate and that we share everything with the with the person people around us around us um it helps me to, when I'm not feeling good, to um, to not take action or um, to to um, put it out to other people. And if I do, most often I um, I catch myself and I can say sorry to make up for for the bad things that I did. Um, and that way, um, as I see it, um, I don't create any more drama. Mm-hmm. Like in the in the Peace Institute and the Galtung Institute, um, we learned that the The person who is, um, causing trauma was most likely traumatized in any way, um, in the past. And so it's, um, you cannot say the perpetrator is, um, is not a victim. Like, I mean, sometimes we, we only uh, sympathize with the, with the person who gets hurt, but um, the other person, like who's the bad person, um, gets, gets left out of the equation. Like, just like, okay, judge him that's fine. And the other person, uh, we have all the sympathy for, for the other person, but, um, there's, we can be, we therefore, for, for for everyone. And yeah, that's it. Even in,
0: sorry, go
1: ahead. Um, even in school, I, I've had one situation where there's this nice, uh, little girl. She's, uh, so cute. And when the other girl who's a bit, big um, taller, when, um, the other, uh, girl when she um punched her all the sympathy went out to the little girl <laughs> yeah. and the the taller girl she already she felt beforehand that she's lonely and she's felt felt, uh, felt separated yeah. and afterwards when everybody went just to the little girl um even more yeah so um yeah i think we as a society if we look at the whole picture not just like saying these are bad people we just uh with no sympathy, no uh, feeling, no compassion for them, um, that's only halfway of the solution. And I try to to look at um, at everyone in the in the conflict, or everyone when the conflict is showing up. Mm. Try to talk to everybody, everyone without judgment.
0: I think you see that even like. <clears throat> In in cases of bullying, when I, I've I've worked with kids who've been bullied, but I've also worked with kids who've bullied, like been the bully. And yeah, like, you, you can't not like to me. It's just like you know, your cake is only half baked. If if it shows what kind of a baker I am, I couldn't even come up with a good analogy for
1: that one. It was um, perfect.
0: <laughs> thank you. It, it um, It's one of these things where you have to address all because, like you say, like this girl, she lashed out. She didn't just lash out because her hand just kind of, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. went out there. Yeah. There was something behind that. And I think that like we all, because we're human, we get into these low states, like our state of mind, we're in a low mood. And we don't have to react to that. But often that's something that a lot of people, I used to work in a jail and in a prison, and and that's something that they kind of didn't really grasp. And I wish I would have known about the three principles when I did work there because, you know, some of my conversations would have been really, you know, much deeper. But just because we have a thought about something, it doesn't mean we have to act on it. And just teaching people that, and sitting with it, like often if I'm in a if, if I'm in a low mood, it can be, you know, okay, so I was traveling last week, I came home, I got sick, so I was tired, my body was, you know, not feeling that great. It wasn't the time to do anything, you know. But often it's it's if you're really in anger, the first thing you want to do is lash out, you know. <laughs> 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 what I say sometimes to parents is have you ever like a little egg timer? If you, flip mm-hmm, okay. it, if you're feeling really, really angry and it doesn't have to be just parents. It can be anybody with a heartbeat. If you're feeling really, really angry, if you can take the time, flip that egg timer, flip whatever, you know, set a timer on your, on your watch or your phone and wait till that, you know, that, that the sand goes through. And your response will be so different than it would. And it might just not even be a response. Often now, if I'm kind of, if something's come up, I had something come up about a month ago where um, I had an exchange with somebody and, and and it wasn't very pleasant, some of the words that were said. And I was feeling really like, Ooh, wow. And I didn't respond right away because... And I don't actually know, I, m- maybe a day or two later, I did respond with something, but it was just, you know what, I'm going to send you love, mm. send you love, um, because that person was hurting. And it's just like responding in the moment is never a beneficial thing. I've never, I've, I've yet to see something happen that's really, really good if you kind of, <laughs> when you're in an a <laughs> <laughs> and you, you react to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, it's, and, and these are the things where it's like, it's, it's almost like it sounds really simple, but in the moment, it can be really challenging to kind of go through with that, just to sit there and go, hmm, am I in a low mood? Sometimes I use like a ladder, like to say, okay, you know, on 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 a scale, like, you know, which, which, which run are you on? Are you like the lower ones where you're kind of, you're only seeing a snapshot of something, but where, whereas when you're rested you're fed you're you know you have water um you're kind of higher up you know you might be able to zoom out and see a bigger picture
1: yeah to give ourselves the opportunity to to see something new um and i mean if we sleep on on a conflict or on on a problem most often it looks very different the next day
0: (laughs) i think that's where the phrase sleep on it comes from
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Yeah, and I, I can also see that yeah, to to some people, to a lot of people maybe, um, it feels like by pushing out all the negativity and trying to yeah, let off the steam that um, we feel better but mostly it's just like it will build up again and again and to... Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, to give ourselves the space to to cool down for ourselves um, often leads to more productive behavior and also to better relationships because we are not building and building and building on the on the negativity.
0: Yeah, and I think even in your example of Jacob and Michael, and in all cases where there is conflict, even like with your 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 grandparents, your your step grandma, is that. It's not really dissecting the content of each position. It's just kind of looking for something that's, that, that where there can be a little bit of a connection and a little yeah. thread and going from there. Because I think if you, if you sit and look at, well, you know, this person feels this way because of this and this and this, you just get so caught up in the content that you don't get anywhere. It kind of just feeds, it keeps feeding that hamster wheel of negative thought, emotions, whatever. Hmm. so sebastian you've done a lot of this you've done some interesting work you know with the the peace or the what i keep calling it the peace institute i don't know why i'm stuck on that (laughs) they should change their name because i'm stuck on that of course (laughs) (laughs) you've i mean you've done some traveling in south america you've been in in italy as a tour guide what's next for sebastian what's next for you
1: Um, I mean, I'm still new to Cologne Mm -hmm. and I want to do more conflict work. Mm -hmm. I can imagine to go to companies to, um, offer my services to sit with them and to see if I can be of any help and to, um, bring my presence to be curious, to explore together how, yeah, groups, how people can, can work together, can be more in harmony together. And, um, that would be something that I would, would be very interesting, curious about, because I see that there's one aspect. It's our grounding, how like to see who am I to, um, know where experience is coming from. And then there's the other part, like the, the mastery of, uh, mediation of conflict transformation mm-hmm. to, um, get a feeling like which questions can work. Um, how to talk with the people and, um, to just, um, yeah, master this skill is one thing. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to, to dive more into.
0: Well, I'm, I'm a big fan and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching your journey because I think that you have a, you have a beautiful presence and a gift. And, uh, I think that you're going to do wonderful things with it. Thank you. Sebastian, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. I appreciate the fact that you've just worked all day and, you know, come home and, and, and taking the time to chat. I appreciate it very, very much. And I look forward to connecting again in the future.
1: Thank you very much, Jessalyn. It was also good for me to reflect on on all the things that are happening in regards to conflict work and helping and supporting people when, when we're in conflict. and. Um, yeah, it's lovely. I like to, to dig deeper. When you ask questions, it's an exploration itself. And I think that's, yeah. that's wonderful where we can support each other to, to see new things.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed our conversation very much. What a brilliant conversation that was. Sebastian has a lovely energy and I loved my conversation with him. His passion for resolving conflict and creating the space for transformation and peace is admirable. While this was a light-hearted and fun conversation, it was really filled with some golden nuggets. Often when we are dealing with personal conflict, it's the ego taking the lead. When we sit back and we let our minds settle, we give the opportunity for our own wisdom to shine through. Sebastian's questions of what would you want the relationship to look like with the kids he was working with at the school. And his anonymous letter are simple yet profound ways of breaking down barriers. The same type of questions and kind of approaches could be applied to a variety of conflict situations. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please continue to reach out with your comments, questions, and feedback. Here are a few thought bomb takeaways. There is immense power in meeting people where they're at, not where we think they should be, but understanding how they're seeing the world at that moment. I cannot state this enough. When we show up to a conversation with no agenda, no attachment to the outcome, it really creates a space for true connection to happen. And when we have true connection, there's the power to make significant impacts. And finally, when we put aside our own personal thinking and reach out to someone we have a strong resistance to, it offers a point of connection. From that connection, new possibilities arise. Until next time, be well, be inspired, be you. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll share this podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with Jessie Lynn, please check out the contact page on her website, jessielinnmcdonald.com. Also, we'd be beyond grateful if you would leave us a review. Join us next time for another edition of The CPR of Life.